0: Welcome to the Hammond High podcast. In this episode, Sally Patterson speaks to another of London's mayoral hopefuls. He doesn't represent one of the major parties. He believes our democracy has come under attack, and he's not originally from this country, which might explain his idiosyncratic look. Welcome to the podcast, Count Binface.
1: Count Bimface, thank you so much for joining us this morning on the Ham and I podcast.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for having me. Um, It's a a pleasure to be on on your show, Sally.
1: I think that you might actually be the first ever intergalactic space warrior we've ever hosted. So this is quite a big day.
0: Well, to be perfectly blunt, I hope so.
1: (laughs) So let's start off with um, an obvious point. You used to be Lord Buckethead. You're now obviously Count Bimface why the change of name?
0: Well, you got straight to the nub of uh, a major point there. I'm happy to elucidate. Um, It's a funny old story. So yes, basically, uh, I'll I'll give you a potted version, but the lovely thing with a podcast is, of course, one can talk a little bit more uh, loosely. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go into raconteur mode, if I may. Basically, In Earth Year 2017, I was uh, passing the Kuiper belt, uh, just close to your uh, solar system, and I I noticed that uh, there was a a to-do going on uh, in politics with this um, Mrs May character calling a completely unnecessary general election. And yet, there not being much of uh, a sense of opposition in the country. And I thought, ah, here comes a a vacuum uh, for an alien to ride in on But the thing is, I thought that uh, you guys might be slightly spooked by the idea of a space alien you'd never heard of uh, standing uh, for uh, parliament. So I thought, I'll have a look in the records. And I noticed that in 1987 and 92, somebody stood in uh, your parliamentary elections against Thatcher and Major, two other Tory prime ministers, as this Lord Buckethead figure. And the the title had lain dormant for 25 earth years. So I thought, I know, I'll adopt a cunning disguise. It'll be the last thing that anybody will be expecting. So I came down as Lord Buckethead. And as you know, I went viral and ended up on the John Oliver show and talking to Glastonbury Festival. It was a lot of fun. I had a a lovely time and uh, everything was hunky-dory. But then I had an unfortunate battle on the planet copyrights when an American film producer, uh, demanded that he needed to have control of the uh, the Lord Buckethead character going forwards. And I I, I didn't uh, want to uh, carry on um, under those kind of circumstances. So uh, reluctantly, I, I had to give up that title. I renounced my peerage um, and uh, gave myself a little upgrade to uh, Count Benfess. And uh, here I am.
1: So tell me a little bit about the campaign this time. You're obviously running for London mayor. And I wondered if you could just briefly talk us through some of your top policy
0: points. Oh, absolutely. I'd be delighted to. I, I mean, I have 21 points on my manifesto uh, for 2021. I thought that would be neat. Um, but uh, I'll give you a few. I'm sure there's a couple you'd like to uh, you know, quiz me on in great forensic depth so we can get into them. But uh, my, my top policies include uh, the renaming of London Bridge after Phoebe Waller, because she's a national treasure and it's the least we can do. And it would cost 48 million pounds less than Boris Johnson's Garden Bridge, which doesn't exist. I would also, uh, while we're on bridges, repair Hammersmith Bridge. And I would rename that one Wayne after the former England footballer. Uh, I would also ensure that no shop, even in Hampstead and or Highgate, can sell a croissant for more than one pound. It's madness. It has to stop. We need a price cap, And I would give free parking between Vine Street and the Strand. But for electric vehicles only... Finish Crossrail. I know I can hear some of your listeners uh, thinking that's completely mad. He's a he's a nutter, but no. I I, I say I say let's actually build it, and uh, and of course the return of CFAX to all households within the M25. That's just a little taster, but there's uh, plenty more where that came from. I can tell you.
1: Well, thank you for that very brief run through. That's really helpful. Now, obviously, you know these are. These are your policies and they are meant to have a, a comical element to them. But actually, at the heart of a lot of these are very serious issues that Londoners face. You know, for example, talking about the the £1 croissants, the price of, of uh, day-to-day living in London is on the rise. Is that something that you worry about and you would like to bring to public attention?
0: I do. I, I. I. You're quite. Thank you for that. I do. I do think that my uh, my policies are laced with uh, seriousness. I'm a, I'm a politician. It's. Uh, it would be rude not to. And, and that goes for CFAGs too. Right? We can get on to the uh, issues of uh, news and fake news and the pros and cons of the internet. But, but if, if we're talking food, I. I do believe that there is an issue uh, with regarding uh, food uh, provision for all people. I I think it's bizarre in the 21st century that that some humans are are having to uh, use food banks. This sounds crazy to me. There aren't enough normal banks, let alone food banks. So I I do think that that some kind of equality of provision is uh, very, very important for humans. And I'm surprised that in the 21st century, things seem to be getting worse rather than better. And that's why I also uh, campaign on the issue of homelessness. I think it's disgraceful that anyone should have to sleep rough on the streets of a major first world city in the 21st century. And that is why I would requisition some of the royal palaces for uh, eradication of homelessness.
1: And would you say that as well as obviously wanting to to win the election, as I'm sure you do, would you say that actually one of the reasons you year after year come back and run in these elections, which must actually take up a lot of your time, a lot of your energy, is to bring these very important uh, issues to the forefront of the the debates?
0: Partly. That's... um, I I mean... My my role is uh, I I would like to think that uh, that the good people of London are going to vote for an intergalactic space warrior to be their next mayor. I mean, it's a it's a less far-fetched idea than Boris Johnson. So you never know. But I also see my role as uh, twofold. Yes, the, bringing to uh, the 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 debates perhaps some of the policies that other politicians can't say but maybe would like to say. So, for example, in terms of pay, again, we're talking about uh, equality. Uh, I would tie all government ministers' pay, including the prime minister and the mayors, to that of nurses for the next 100 years. Other politicians don't feel that they have the boldness to say that. So maybe I'm the one who can uh, move the debate on just a teeny weeny bit. But on top of that, the other reason I do it, uh, and you're right, it does take up a lot of energy. It does take up a lot of time. It does uh, potentially waste a lot of time. But uh, it's worth doing because I believe that the United Kingdom is a wonderful country and it has this wonderful thing called democracy, which I believe is the greatest political invention in the entire galaxy. And it has come under attack. And I believe it needs preserving in every way possible. Uh, not just in this country, but in others too. Uh, I would like to defend however I can. And I think one thing that BinFace can do is to celebrate the eccentricity of British humour because it is wonderful, I think, that even in the 21st century, somebody can be allowed to stand for election on any platform, no matter how outrageous, and seek the votes of citizens. And that goes for me and that Lawrence Fox fellow.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up actually, because that was what I was gonna ask you about next. Recent polls show that you are polling at about 1%, which is just behind Brian Rose, who we actually recently had on the podcast as well. And you are running in parallel then with UKIP's Peter Gammons and anti-lockdown activist, Lawrence Fox. How does that feel to know that you're actually on quite an equal footing?
0: Well, uh, the first thing to say is we're we're having this interview uh, uh, roughly two weeks out from uh, the election. So I would say it's all to play for. And uh, as your Earth Grand National uh, demonstrates every year, you don't want to be at the front too early on. Otherwise, you could be destined for the glue factory. And I feel that some of these guys who are ahead of me at the moment might find come polling day that things might change. Now, Brian, you mentioned him. He's an interesting fellow because I find that, uh, you know, as a, a space alien come down from the Sigma Quadrant, uh, people say, you know, what do you know about London? But, uh, you know, having a, a candidate like Brian makes uh, me relatively look like a real local boy. So that's fantastic. And as for, um, uh, you know, Mr. Gammons and Mr. Fox, I, you know, as I say, I, I applaud their right to stand. It doesn't mean that I think they're right in what they're standing for. But, you know, I'm there to offer the flip side. If you want something crazy, if you want something outlandish, and you want something a little bit surreal, vote for Lawrence Fox. But if you want someone who really wants to get down to the dirty and do politics properly, vote Binface.
1: You have a GoFundMe page, which I believe has raised about £5,000, which I know you recently pointed out is just a tiny fraction of uh, Lawrence Fox's £5 million. What have you been spending your campaigning money on?
0: Oh well I, I it would that I had any money like that. No no this, the, the GoFundMe was simply to help me raise the entrance fee. Can you believe this? I don't know if you and your listeners are aware. It costs 10,000 earth pounds just to stand for London Met. You know what it's almost like they're trying to stop complete crazies from taking part, you know, but it hey, doesn't seem to have worked. And uh, yeah, uh, the GoFundMe was to help me be able to sort of climb that little rung of the ladder. However, on top of that, you need another ten thousand pounds on top of that to get into that little mail booklet that's gone through your door. I'm sure, and every voter's door um, in the run up to polling day. And I, I didn't have the money for that, so that's why uh, I wasn't able to get to put my splendid manifesto in the booklet. So, in terms of campaign funds, I have a diddly squats. But no, um, some good citizens of Earth weren't able to help me get to the stage of being able to stand and thus able to talk to you uh, this fine morning.
1: Would you say that that is actually potentially a problem with our democratic system, that you do need actually quite a substantial amount of money to even be on the ballot card?
0: Uh, yes, I would in, in short, but I would also say I think it does seem to me like £10,000 is a rather arbitrary figure. And in fact, I brought this up, if you go to my YouTube channel, you can see I actually brought this up in a sort of uh, a Microsoft Teams meeting with the London election people. It's a little bit like Handforth Parish Council, but not, you know, not quite as uh, high profile as Handforth. And I, I I raised the issue about this amount of money and they simply said that's the way it's done. And I thought, well, that's that's crazy. You know, surely someone should be interrogating why it costs £10,000 to be the London mayor, which is a a vaguely ceremonial position, I would say. It's nothing like being prime minister and yet to be prime minister of the United Kingdom. Technically, you only need 500 quid to stand as an MP. So I would say that's uh, that's very strange.
1: Mm, That does seem to be quite a disparity there. Speaking of prime minister, you have met along your time running in elections some very senior politicians including boris johnson theresa may who's been the
0: friendliest um i, I would say well uh, well, boris was very friendly to be fair uh, he on election night he we chatted uh, i spoke to him in the the only language i felt sure that he would understand which is of course uh, uh, latin so I, I i said hello to him in latin which i, I had uh, i'd uh, sort of um gemmed up on. And uh, I uh, also uh, sort of used uh, the phrase of Julius Caesar, alia yacta est, I said, the is cast with regard to Brexit. And he, he chuckled and followed suit and, and repeated the phrase. He was he was very friendly. And he even listened to my uh, travails about the the buckethead issue. So, uh, you know, it, this is the thing, you see, uh, he is a, in person, a, a, a charming man. It's just uh, whether he's a, a competent uh, prime minister is, is another question. Uh, as opposed to Theresa, Theresa was again uh, very polite, but uh, I would also use the word "petrified" to describe her. Uh, uh, I said good evening to her in the Magnet Leisure Centre, Maidenhead, where we had our battle, and she said, uh, "And I'll try and do the voice, good evening, that sort of thing." You know, she was she was a bit scared. Uh, Whereas well, the only other one I would say I've met and had a lovely time with was uh, a gentleman named Rory Stewart, who was a a, a Conservative back in there. Uh, Dim distant days, and uh, he was going to run for mayor. And then I think he saw that I was uh, throwing my bin into the ring, and he thought, "Well, come on, is there's there's no fighting the bin face?" So uh, he uh, he tweeted his support for me, and I, I I thought that was that was lovely.
1: That is lovely. I'm I'm really pleased to hear that. And um, finally, you know, the days are thankfully getting warmer. We've got the sun shining this morning. Uh, your costume outfit attire um i'm not sure what the best best word is to describe them does look well like... armor i think is the armor, correct phrase costume
0: a costume almost implies that you're thinking this is not not real or something no no it's it's uh, it's space armor
1: space armor apologies forgive me um but just
0: slightly cheap rubbish <laughs> uh, toy-esque space armor
1: absolutely which i'm sure will keep you very safe up there um but it does look quite stuffy. How are you planning on staying cool as the days get warmer?
0: Ah, this is a very simple question uh, to answer. The answer is I don't. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> the silly thing is that uh, when I uh, w- when I designed the uh, armour, uh, I forgot to engineer a, a little hole to put a straw through for any uh, uh, water vapour to help me uh, inhale um, your important liquids. Uh, so it can get a little bit parched uh, inside, uh, inside the bin. But uh, you know, I, 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 these are the things I have to go through. You know, there's some some people have to go the extra yard for a political um, ambition, and uh, that's where I that's where I stand. The other thing I would say is by wearing masks the, as long as I have, I you have to say I'm an early adopter. The rest of humanity has, has followed suit in 2020, 2021. Well, at least the good ones, the well-behaved ones. So, uh, you know, I, my, my job is to show that mask-wearing can be a force for good.
1: Absolutely. You made mask-wearing cool. Um, well, Count Bimface, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, and I wish you the best of luck over the next couple of weeks.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It's an absolute treat to talk to you and to be on your podcast. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you to Count Binface for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, hit subscribe. We'll be back soon.